The Birds, pioneers of the folk rock and psychedelic folk rock movement. While the acoustic guitar wasn't necessarily their go-to musical weapon of choice, the music that they created and played contained a wellspring of valuable guitar lessons that you could quickly and easily incorporate into your own acoustic guitar journey. And those very lessons are exactly what you'll be learning on today's Acoustic Tuesday show. Hey TAC family, welcome to episode 237 of the Acoustic Tuesday show. This show is designed to inject your guitar journey with a weekly dose of fun, focus, progress, and inspiration. After the main segment of today's show, I'll be answering some questions that were asked on the slide guitar episode. One of which was, what's the deal with the TAC family? So a little bit later, I'll be spilling the beans. Plus you're gonna see which guitar lick the TAC family is working on today. It's a spooky guitar lick in the key of A minor. And of course, your weekly dose of acoustic news awaits, which includes some wise words of advice from some of the greatest musicians ever to play the guitar, a must-hear folk duo that's new to me and likely new to you as well, and much, much more. But first, let's get jingly jangly. Let's learn some guitar lessons from the birds. These lessons that I'm about to teach you are more geared towards looking at the bird's technique and the things that they did in their playing so that you can plunk those techniques and those little ideas out and apply them to your own playing, your own guitar journey. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Lesson number one is modify the chord. Now, this might sound a little scary, it might sound intimidating, but I can assure you it's not. It's one of the most fun, most easy things you can experiment with on your guitar right here, right now. You don't even have to know what you're doing. But before I teach you how to do it, let's watch the birds do it. This is the song, Feel A Whole Lot Better. The reason why, oh, I can say. The entire first part of this melody is based on a simple chord modification. All Roger McGuinn is doing is holding down an A chord and modifying it slightly to achieve this wonderfully catchy melody. Here's how he's doing it. He's actually fretting the A chord much like you would a D chord. Kind of weird, but follow me. Go ahead and make a D chord and take that same finger orientation and move it to an A chord. So you're gonna cram everything on the second fret. Your middle finger is gonna end up on that B string. And this is important because the B string plays a pivotal role. So go ahead and strum that A chord. Lift up your middle finger off of that B string. Lower it back down. And then drop your pinky to the third fret of the B string. Okay, those are all the positions you need to know. Doesn't sound like the song quite yet because we haven't put the rhythm behind it. Once you put the rhythm behind it, you're gonna be like, whoa, that is that song, verbatim. It's pretty darn amazing. And this is all based on chord modification. Here's how it sounds all put together. Pretty cool stuff. Just a simple movement within a chord creates this beautiful melody. And you can do that over any chord you want to. Simply hold down the chord and start lifting up a single finger at a time. Lower down a finger, add another finger. And I'm speaking about it in such simple terms because I don't, I almost don't want you to know what you're doing. I want you to just explore, right? Make the chord, move some fingers. See what beautiful sounds come out of it. 
Lesson number two is melody is paramount. A lot of times guitar players wonder, gosh, I, I need to play a solo for this song. Where do I even start? How do I get an idea? The birds would say, look to the melody. Here's a quick example. Here they are playing the song, Turn, Turn, Turn. And listen to what Roger McQuinn plays for his solo. He plays the exact melody of the song. A fantastic place to start if you want to make musical sense, if you want your solo to fit the song. Why? Because it's already a part of the song. All he plays, and I'm just going to play the first few notes, is literally the melody to turn, turn, turn. It sounds like this. That's it. That's a great starting point. Does he play just those notes as stark as that? No, but the foundation is there. It's already there in the song, ripe for the picking. Lesson number three is hybrid picking with a twist. And you'll see what I mean here in a moment, but first let's define some things. Hybrid picking is holding your flat pick and using your available fingers on your picking hand to address the other strings. And oftentimes this results in a very chimey sound, almost emulating a, a banjo in a way. It creates this illusion of cross picking without having to actually cross pick. And a great musical example of this is the birds playing Mr. Tambourine Man. Here's a close up on what Roger McQuinn is doing. So let's go ahead and look and see what he's doing for Mr. Tambourine Man, this hybrid picking thing. So he's holding down a D chord and he's actually going to be using the lower strings, okay, for the modifications. Right? You can kind of hear the melody right there. So all up into that point, it's chord modification. But when he lands on that second fret, of the D string, he's lifting up his middle finger on that high E string and he's doing a hybrid picking roll. His pick is hitting the D string, his middle finger is hitting the B string, and his ring finger is hitting the high E string. That's how he's getting that kind of finger picking banjo slash cross picking sound, right? So that, in, in its entirety, it sounds like this. great way to integrate an awesome picking technique into those chord modifications. Lesson number four, B-Bender. Yes, B-Bender. Now, this is a device used on an electric guitar that allows you to bend the B-string without actually having to physically bend the B-string. It's an odd device that's attached to a strap button, and all you have to do is move the guitar, and it actually bends the B-string. Now, you're thinking to yourself, okay, whoa, this sounds like a whole new instrument I have to learn. What does this have to do with the birds and how I can play guitar? I'm gonna show you how to bend the B string without a B bender to get that same kind of pedal steel, almost country infused sound. But first, let's go ahead and listen to Clarence White playing an actual B bender within the birds so you can kind of get the sound in your mind. Once you have the sound in your mind, we're gonna come back to the acoustic guitar and I'm gonna show you an awesome trick. Now, 
Now I'm gonna show you a movable pattern here. Uh, you can use this over any span of frets and it will work to the same effect. All you're going to do, and we're gonna do this in the middle of the guitar neck because it's actually easier to bend in the middle of the guitar neck. So your ring finger is gonna start on the seventh fret of the G string, index finger, fifth fret of the B. Okay, this is your pattern. Your middle finger is gonna be your power finger. It's gonna be the finger that's actually bending the string. So you're gonna go G, B, G, B. Okay, doesn't seem like much yet because we haven't done the bending. So we go G, B, G, B. And then our middle finger lowers to that sixth fret of the B string and we bend it up. When we reach the pinnacle of that bend, we reach down and grab the fifth fret of the high E string. Back to the B string, lower the bend, back to that fifth fret of the B, and return to the G string seventh fret. Okay, I'm gonna show that to you in slow motion. Uh, go ahead and watch my fingers. I'm gonna do this slow so you can see all the mechanics of it. I'll do that one more time, maybe even a little bit slower. And you can even reach up, once you get used to this pattern, you can even reach up with the pinky and grab that seventh fret of the high E. That would sound like this. Now, here's the cool thing, is this is totally movable. We can do it down here. Or you can do it up here. Right, and it gives you a little bit of that country flavor. Now it takes a while to get used to, but I just wanted you to see how you could achieve that same sound without having all this extra gear. It's actually pretty fun and it starts to open up the guitar neck in a way and open up some sonic possibilities for you. Okay, so the last four lessons we looked at were strictly guitar related. Now I wanna bounce back to the studio and show you some other musical lessons you can apply to your own guitar journey from the birds that don't necessarily involve the guitar, but they're just as important. Lesson number five, folk music foundation. The very early members of the birds all started out their musical journey within the realm of folk music. And throughout their tenure with the birds, they kept in touch with those folk music roots. Here's a part of an article that I found. The nucleus of the birds formed in early 1964 when Roger McGuinn, Gene Clark, and David Crosby came together as a trio. All three musicians had a background rooted in folk music, with each one having worked as a folk singer on the acoustic coffeehouse circuit during the early 1960s. In addition, they had all served time independently of each other as sidemen in various collegiate folk groups. McGuinn with the Limelighters and the Chad Mitchell Trio, Clark with the new Christy Minstrels, and Crosby with Les Baxter's Balladeers. Lesson number six, covers, 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 and more covers. Yes, the birds were not shy about covering other musicians' songs. One musician in particular, Bob Dylan. Yes, Dylan's songs seem to lend themselves rather well to the birds' own creativity. They would take Dylan's songs and twist and form them into, well, kind of their own creations, proving that, you know what? It's okay to cover other artists' songs. It really is. I know we see a lot of covers in today's day and age, and sometimes we scoff at them saying, 
Really, you're gonna cover that song? But honestly, it's a great way to explore your own creativity. Here's just a quick list of some of the songs that the birds covered from Bob Dylan. Mr. Tambourine Man, It's All Over Now, Baby Blue, The Times They Are A-Changin', You Ain't Going Nowhere, Lay Lady Lay, All I Really Wanna Do, Chimes of Freedom, My Back Pages, Just Like a Woman, This Wheel's On Fire, Nothing Was Delivered, Positively, Fourth Street, Spanish Harlem Incident, Lay Down Your Weary Tune, It's All Right, Ma, the list goes on and on and on. So yes, covers are okay. Okay, moving on to lesson number seven. Lesson number seven is explore your outer limits. Yes, towards the later end of the birds' time together as a band, they got, well, creative, probably in the substances, substances that they were using, but also musically. Maybe those two went hand in hand. Specifically, the album Eight Miles High and The Fifth Dimension. These were albums that were released later and really showed how they expanded their creativity. And the reason I wanted to pose this as a lesson is because very clearly they were pushing their boundaries and it made them better musicians. Did it all work out great? Did everybody love these albums? Not necessarily, but as musicians, as guitar players, they push themselves, making themselves better. And that's something that you can apply to your own guitar journey every day. As long as you're pushing yourself just a little bit beyond your comfort zone, you will get better and continually achieve progress. Now let's take a quick listen to one of those examples, a song that in my opinion does indeed show the outer stretches of the bird's reach, and that is the song Eight Miles High. Indeed, a very trippy video that contains one of the best psychedelic cliches, the double exposure. You've got space and you've got the band and they're superimposed on top of one another. Yeah, I thought the video was a great match for exploring your outer limits. And of course that had nothing to do with recreational drug use, I'm sure. Anyways, I do have a question for you regarding segments like these on the Acoustic Tuesday show. Number one, do you like them? Number two, what other bands should we explore together on the show? Go ahead and let me know in the comments below. Now it's time to grab your guitar and see what the Tack family is working on today. See, within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, every single day we focus on one of the five essential categories of guitar improvement. Mondays is a technique challenge, Tuesdays a guitar lick challenge, Wednesdays an improvisation challenge, Thursdays a rhythm guitar challenge, and Fridays a chord transition challenge. Today is Tuesday. The Tack family is working on a guitar lick, and here's what they're working on today. An A minor guitar lick is on tap today. And this one is incredibly moody and opens up a connection to one of my favorite scale shapes. I'll show you what I mean here in a moment. Uh, this lick is entitled High School Prom and it's in A minor to kind of insinuate how enjoyable my high school prom was. It wasn't.
just a hint, surprise. Um, anyways, <laughs> here's how this lick sounds. I'll go ahead and show it to you in context here in a moment. There are actually a couple different uses for it and we'll modify it slightly so we can use it as a rhythm fill. So here's how the lick in its entirety sounds. Very moody, very cool, and kind of brings you up to the middle of the guitar neck, which is always really fun and exciting. Uh, not to just be there, but to have access to one of my favorite scale shapes. I'll show you what I mean here in a moment. But first, Tac Fam, uh, go ahead and learn this note for note. This is your daily challenge for today. Log in, click Start Challenge, and then you'll, that'll take you immediately to the teaching video. Once you have it under your fingers, once you're comfortable with it, with it, move along to the play along video. Pick a speed that's comfortable for you, and then don't forget to open up that tab by clicking on the tab icon in the lower right hand corner. Okay, so how do we use this? Well, first, let me show it to you as a fill lick. Uh, kind of a, a way that if you're playing an A minor chord, you wanna throw some spice, you wanna throw some mojo, you wanna throw a little sass in there, uh, this will be perfect because all we're gonna do is chop off the first measure of this lick and use it, again, as a fill. Here's how that would sound. Pretty cool, right? It gives this little bounce. It gives this little uh, kind of interesting descending line that really uh, takes you on a bit of a ride. Also, if you're playing a solo, this lick will work great if you're moving from a C to an A minor because you're starting on that G note, which is a note within the C chord. So a really cool kind of a, a actual applicable use if you're playing a guitar solo with this particular lick. Now, um, in terms of using this to access one of my favorite scale shapes, one of my favorite all-time scales, because it's one of the first ones I ever learned, is the A minor pentatonic scale. It's this wonderful five-note scale here in the middle of the guitar neck. my favorite scale. I, I put a goofy note in there. Anyways, it's this wonderful scale in the middle of the guitar neck. And what I love about this lick is that ending portion puts us directly on top of that scale. So if you want to continue a line or a, a motif or some sort of musical idea, it allows you, it affords you the opportunity to do that. Now let me go ahead and play it for you slow. I'm going to end on this A minor chord. But then I'm gonna use this as kind of a stopping point and then I'll pick up in that scale, that middle of the neck A minor pentatonic scale. Here's how that would sound. So it just allows you to continue your musical idea and, and really milk that A minor pentatonic scale and get there in a way that is rather organic, that leads the listener there instead of doing something up here and then just abruptly jumping to the middle of the guitar neck. Just another option for your playing repertoire. Okay, uh, before we get back to the show, I do wanna talk about the 10 minute rule. Yes, again. Here's the deal, the 10 minute rule is one that is so, it's paramount to your success when it comes to your guitar journey, when it comes to your guitar routine. Consistency is king. And so often, I, I fall victim to this as well, and I hear other guitar players fall victim to this. On paper, we look at our schedules and we say, cool, 
I'm going to play guitar for an hour a day. I'm going to play guitar for a half hour every single day. And then we go along throughout the week. We might miss a day and we think, okay, well, I'm just going to roll that hour into the next day and I'll just practice two hours tomorrow. No big deal. Well, what ends up happening is we're almost pushing our playing time further and further along and making it harder and harder to do. An hour a day is already difficult, especially if you have a busy life. When you up it to two hours a day, when you up it to three hours a day because you missed some days, then all of a sudden, not only is it riddled with guilt, it becomes more and more impossible. That's why the 10 minute rule works. You can get better in 10 minutes because 10 minutes you're able to do. 10 minutes you're able to keep consistent. I challenge you this week to play every single day for 10 minutes. Once that 10 minute timer goes off, put your guitar away, period. End of story, done. Because I want you to see that 10 minutes works and I want you to see the link between consistency and the 10 minute rule. We know that consistency is king, consistency is queen. And, and if we maintain that consistency, we will see progress. And the key to maintaining that consistency is to make your guitar routine, your guitar habit small enough so that you can keep it consistent. So that it doesn't become this looming cloud of holy smokes, I gotta occupy an hour of my time. If you end up playing an hour, great. But just set your sights on 10 minutes and see just how useful it truly is. Go ahead and strap on your roller skates and let's glide on back to episode 232 where I talked about how to play slide guitar. There were some great questions asked on that show and I wanna answer a few of them right now. The first one comes from John Washburn. He says this, so I have enjoyed your videos for a while now. And as I am not a TAC family member, I often feel as if I'm peeking through your window and watching you all enjoy a feast to which I have not been invited. Dine on, family. Spill the wine. Thanks again. It was fun. Uh, John, here's the thing. You know, a lot of times I get the question like, hey, what's the TAC family and, and, and what's the deal with the TAC family in the Acoustic Tuesday show? Well, first, I need to say this. All are welcome to watch the Acoustic Tuesday show. This is a fun weekly routine that we can get into together and just kind of integrate it with your guitar playing journey. Stay inspired, achieve that progress, and just, just kind of have fun with guitar playing. That's the whole mission of the Acoustic Tuesday show. Now, it is an added bonus for Tony's Acoustic Challenge members, the TAC family, because a lot of what I talk about within the show pertains to what they're doing for that day's daily challenge. So yes, everybody's welcome to watch the Acoustic Tuesday show, but for TAC family members, it really elevates the level of the daily challenge and really kind of adds even, even more information to what they're working on, gives it more context and allows them to really sink into their daily and weekly routine. So just a quick explanation, John, you're absolutely welcome and we'll spill all the wine. In fact, we'll, we'll pour you a glass of wine. You're welcome, you're welcome at the table as is every single guitar geek out there. Okay, uh, the final question comes from CatFanV, uh, which is related to slide guitar. Uh, they ask this, love the lesson, dumb question. No question is a dumb question. Uh, will playing slide on my regular guitar cause damage to the frets, should I only use a resonator? 
First of all, this is not a dumb question. By you asking this question, you're likely helping out a ton more guitar geeks. So I'm glad you asked. There is no such thing as a dumb question, and that is true down to the absolute core. Uh, so first and foremost, you don't have to use a resonator for slide guitar. You can use any old guitar that you have. Yes, it's gonna sound different, but you can play slide just the same on a regular flat top acoustic guitar as you can on a resonator guitar. Uh, the second part of your question, will it cause damage to the frets? And no, it won't. Yes, when you're first learning slide, it'll likely clink along the frets and that's totally okay, totally passable. It won't damage the frets in any way, shape or form, unless you're really jamming the slide on the frets, but chances are you're not doing that. You might catch them when you're sliding up the neck, but that's not gonna cause any damage to your frets whatsoever. I wanna thank everybody for asking questions on that show. And I wanna encourage you right here, right now, if you have a question about playing at all, please leave it in the comments below. I love seeing your questions and I love being able to answer them on the Acoustic Tuesday show because, well, number one, it gives you an answer. But as I mentioned, it's also gonna help out a lot more guitar geeks. Yep, we're gonna hop in the Acoustic Tuesday uh, limo. We're gonna drive up to the Great White North. Cue the... Good day, oh dude. Yes, we're headed to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We're gonna visit Charles R. He's currently waiting on his tack gear that he ordered, but in the meantime, he wanted to submit a guitar snow so we could take a look at what he has. Uh, here's what he's got in his guitar snow. First, an S&P Mini Jumbo in Cedar, a lovely acoustic, he says. Next, a Norman Cherry Bomb, a nice little parlor acoustic. Next, an Epiphone ES339 in red. He says, just the right size, a little smaller body than the 335. Next up, an Epiphone Les Paul Modern in Pelham Blue. He loves the modern concept with the ability to split the pickups to single coil. He also makes note of the amps that he has. A Mini Orange for fun, a Bugera V22. He said it's an amazing tube amp and a sampling Mustang II that he's gonna sell to get, an, to get a Marshall acoustic amp. And lastly, for pedals, he has a Head Rush MX-5. And all he says about that is fun wow. Awesome guitar snow, Charles, thank you so much for submitting that. And if you're sitting there thinking, I have a guitar snow and now is my time. I want the Acoustic Tuesday private limo to show up in my driveway so my fellow guitar geeks can see my guitar snow. Well, here's how you do that very thing. I wanna to propose to you a win-win-win scenario. I wanna feature you on the Acoustic Tuesday show. Yes, I wanna feature you and your guitar snow, or you and your Acoustic Tuesday merchandise. Step number one, go to tonypolacastro.com forward slash shop. Once you're there, pick out your favorite guitar snow shirt, your favorite Acoustic Tuesday merchandise, get it shipped directly to your door. Step number two, once your merchandise arrives, go ahead and put it on and take a picture of yourself, either just wearing Acoustic Tuesday merchandise, or if you have a guitar snow shirt, take a picture in front of all of your guitars. And then once you're done with that, step number three is to upload your picture at tonypolacastro.com forward slash shop. There's a link right on that page. Click it, you can upload your photo, and boom, you'll be featured in the Acoustic Tuesday show. Win number one, you get featured in the Acoustic Tuesday show. Win number two, you get some cool snazzy Guitar Geek merchandise. Win number three, the biggest win of them all, all proceeds from the TonyPolacastro.com forward slash shop are being donated to Guitars for Vets. You get featured in the show, you get cool new shirts, cool new merchandise, and you help out Guitars for Vets. Win, win, win. Okay, back to the show. 
Apparently I'm very snappy today. I'm just super snappy. Um, and, and it's a good sounding snap. I should, I should hop in the recording studio. I don't know if it's the humidity in the studio or, or uh, the temperature or a combination of both, but yeah, I'm dialed in. Anyways, I just wanted to bring your attention to uh, your weekly dose of acoustic news you can use. I've got some great stuff for you today, starting with a monumental guitar from Atkin Guitars. Yes, this is guitar number 2000. You're seeing it right now and it is mind-blowingly gorgeous. The entire fretboard is inlaid with some of the most beautiful mother of pearl I have ever seen. There's a gold leaf overlay on the headstock, there's gold leaf overlay on the neck, and the next step for this neck, the next step for this neck, that's kind of a tongue twister, is to head off for engraving. Uh, very cool stuff, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing this guitar reach completion because I have a feeling it's gonna look pretty dazzling if you will. Now, I wanna move on to some lessons from some pretty darn amazing musicians, monumental musicians. Uh, we got a lesson from David Bowie, a lesson from Prince, and a lesson from James Taylor. Yeah, these are, these are no slouches here. Uh, I wanna share you these. These are from um, American Songwriter. I follow them on Instagram, I'm pulling it up right now, and I suggest you do the same. They have great information that they post, and uh, along with this great information, they have these wonderful quotes. Quotes that I love and quotes that I think really cut to the heart of the matter of being a songwriter, being a guitar geek. So let's dig into the first one. This first one, let's go with the one from, I was gonna do David Bowie, but let's actually go, we'll start with Prince. Uh, he says this, to create something from nothing is one of the greatest feelings, and I would, I don't know, wish it upon everybody. It's heaven. The next lesson comes from David Bowie, and he says this. Actually, rather than me read it, why don't you hear it directly from him? I think it's terribly dangerous for an artist to fulfill other people's expectations. I think they produce, they generally produce their worst work when they do that. And if, the other thing I would say is that if you feel safe in the area that you're working in, you're not working in the right area. Always go a little further into the water than you feel you're capable of being in. Go a little bit out of your depth. And when you don't feel that your feet are quite touching the bottom, you're just about in the right place to do something exciting. The final lesson, the final words of wisdom come from James Taylor. He says this, I started being a songwriter pretending I could do it. And it turned out I could. This seems simple but I think it goes way deeper than maybe you initially perceive it. I know it goes way deeper than I initially perceived it. And I think it really points at just starting. You don't have to know everything before you start something. Before you start that next song, before you start writing your own song, before you start playing something new on guitar, before you start guitar in general, you don't have to know everything about it. You don't have to know anything. You just have to jump in with both feet and enjoy the learning process. It's amazing. I, I just, uh, I thought those quotes were, were pretty incredible and, and definitely wanted to share them with you because I think it offers, well, a little bit of inspiration to your guitar journey. I know it did for me. Okay, moving on to, oh, this is fantastic. One of the uh, bands I just recently discovered is a one called Chatham Rabbits. Chatham, Chatham Rabbits? Yeah, we're gonna go with Chatham Rabbits. This is a duo that I just stumbled upon on, I don't even know if it was a recommended video or what, but 
I was infatuated. The harmony, the instrumentation, this is a folk duo that you need to hear. In fact, you're gonna do so right now. Let's listen to the song, You Never Told Me I Was Pretty by the Chatham Rabbits. And on those wonderfully beautiful plunky banjo notes, I think it's a great time to wrap up the show for today. But first, let's take a sneak peek into next week. And next week, it's gonna be a bit of a continuation on one of the lessons you learned today from the birds. We're gonna be digging into chord modifications so that you can pull out all the power, all the mojo out of the open chords you likely already know. And even if you don't know them, it's gonna show what's possible when you learn them. That's all happening next week on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time right here on YouTube. I wanna thank you so much for sharing your time with me today, and please do remember this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Again, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for being a guitar geek, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Guitar Geeks Unite. Cheers. Mm -hmm.